Welcome, welcome, welcome. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy New Year, whatever you celebrate, oh, Happy Kwanzaa. Um, yeah, man, all types of holidays, all types of situations is a festive, is a, is a festive time of the year. Although 2020 is definitely a little different, actually very different. So anyways, welcome to another special episode of 699 per pound podcast uh where we're gonna be making a very special and big announcement to all the listeners um that's been holding it down with us the past two years or maybe even longer than two years um yeah it's with a heavy heart um this is going to be our last episode it is a bit of sad news i'm sure you guys have kind of guessed we've been quiet for a while i was getting some texts and some dms um and yes the rumors are true uh we're disbanding like the, the crew um but thank you everyone that has supported us over the years being able to connect yeah. with you all online in person remember in person <laughs> pre-covid has been so special and impactful our whole team and we appreciate all the love yeah definitely and it was you know it's amazing to see the podcast grow as it did as we interview different guests and then we eventually you know we had all these live events we had some planned for 2020 but you know things change um and you know we, we just really appreciate everyone coming out and supporting us every step of the way um you know it's hard to do a podcast so getting the love um whether it's you know dms in person on the street or whatever you know um, it keeps us going. So, you know, this episode will give you a little behind the scenes as we reminisce about 699, you know, all the good, the bad, the ugly. I don't know how ugly we're going to get, but, um, <laughs> you know, before we get into all 699, you know, we've been off the air for a while. So do you want to um, give a little update on our lives um, and then, you know, see where we're at? If Jojo, you want to kick it off. Yes. And I think it's fitting because I think my life has changed the most out of everybody. Um, so in typical Jojo fashion, AKA zero to a hundred, um, I moved to LA, <laughs> moved to a new city. I guess I moved back. Um, I moved in with my partner, uh, which is honestly in retrospect too soon. Hashtag. Oh, no. Okay. I, also got a new job. So it's just been a roller coaster ride. You know, I don't do it one at a time. I do it all at once. Definitely was a little depressed. Oh, no. Okay. Definitely had some anxiety attacks. Already cried at work in front of my boss. Okay. But I'm at a better spot now. All the ugly is behind okay, me. Okay, that's good to hear. And that's how I'm able. <laughs> Michael was getting I'm, real concerned. I'm very and concerned Jake was at this like, point. Word, 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 yeah. word. Okay. Jake, he's like, that's, that's good. Not <laughs> <laughs> yeah and and obviously you know one of the biggest things is the end of 699 and it's like so bittersweet because it's just it was just such a special thing for me and 
listing all of these changes was one of the factors why I left and thought it was a time to really sunset it. And yeah, it's just been really, really crazy just adjusting to this new life, adjusting to LA. Um, but I'm, I'm getting used to it and trying to pu- push through it like everybody else. So that's a little bit about my update, my life update. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds, sounds drastic. You, it sounds drastic. Um, nah, um, I've been well. I mean, I felt like uh, I was holding down the last few episodes of the podcast uh, with our special, I guess, like temporary co-host. Shout out to Trisha, mm-hmm. Trisha Kim, and I'm um, also hey. some uh, also one of our co-host slash past guests, uh, Jason Kim and Donnie Kwok. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so shout out to them as well. Uh, but yeah, like uh, I mean, in terms of my life, my life has been has been good. I mean, despite everything that's been going on, knock on wood, everybody in my family are healthy. Uh, mm. All my immediate friends are good. Um, you know, some of them are obviously affected by COVID because, in terms of business, but some of them yeah. are also like doing really well. Um, you know, because mm-hmm. there's when there's a when there's chaos, some people could always find opportunities within that chaos. So, um, yeah, so it's, it's been an interesting year. How's alumni? No, alumni has been good. I mean, um, obviously as a retail business, we've been affected drastically, but, um, as an online and overall a shopping destination, it has seen tremendous growth, um, not only in terms of sales, but also in terms of the overall content. Um, yeah, so that's been great. And also like, yeah, just on my personal side on JK Cho, the brand. Um, I've been making some smaller projects. Uh, I've been like trying to highlight local restaurants, been, mm-hmm. you know, uh, continuing on with my cooking content. And I actually have a lot of small things, small and bigger things happening simultaneously. So, yeah, I feel like it's You're a lot always of, cooking up something. It's a lot of stuff always happening. Cooking. So, yeah. So I feel like it's going to be a good year for me, 2021, luckily. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'll pray. I hope. Yeah. No, I. The, yeah, you got those uh, Righteous Eats videos coming out <laughs> on TikTok, if everyone hasn't seen those too, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, so there's definitely some some stuff happening on that front as well. So, you know, we're looking forward to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Michael, you've been working with JK yeah. on some stuff? <laughs> Speaking of alumni. Yeah, I've been uh, <laughs> helping JK out with uh, some projects in terms of alumni. Um and also uh, a cool shop that has a cool, a lot of cool Japanese outdoor stuff, which is Hatchet Supply Ooh. in uh, Brooklyn on Atlantic, if you're all around that area. Um, so I've been doing that, uh, helping JK, modeling sometimes with, uh, with a photographer, in-house photographer. It's been fun. Also, I got... He doesn't have a name? Steven doesn't have a name, Steven Michael? doesn't have a name. Okay, fine. We'll talk about Steven. Steven's been cool. Steven's a cool dude. Steven and he Hahn. had the camera. Uh, check him out on Instagram. He's got uh, some street photos, a lot of street photos going up uh, these days. And I uh, heard he's uh, thinking about trying to put together a book. So be on the lookout for that. Um, and then also, I got a new gig at Race Forward as a contractor, which nice. full circle kind of you know, small way with this podcast, we interviewed Jeff Chang, who is the VP of um, arts and culture at race forward. So it's kind of cool to, he's been on a couple email chains, CC'd. I haven't really directly talked to him, mm-hmm. but he's uh yeah. So seeing his name there and then working 
specifically in like the philanthropy space. So we're providing racial equity trainings for big money, uh, philanthropy and foundations to help facilitate better grant making and foundation stuff. Um, that's, you know, that's industry talk, I guess, but that's what I'm doing. And then also getting into film photography myself. So shameless plug, um, mad names, underscore photos on IG hit me, hit me up, uh, follow me, um, see, see what I got up there. Tell me what, what you like, what you don't like, Uh, you know, um, a lot of pivots. Wait, what made you get into that? I found my dad's old Olympus OM 10 last Thanksgiving in a box and, uh, and you swiped it really good condition. And I just put a battery in it and started working. And, you know, you live in New York. I always walk around the streets in New York and I finally had a camera. So I just started taking photos and it's just a cool way to just get me out of the house, especially when we talk about like COVID and activities mm. you can do on the, on the, you know, solo. That's a, uh, you know, taking photos outside, walking around, especially in the summertime and the springtime was really nice. Um, and then with a protest going on, you kind of just like find yourself, I have a bike, so just find yourself around like taking photos and, also getting to interact with people. So yeah, that's been a really like fun way where I feel like I'm developing a craft on my own. Uh, So that's been exciting. So a lot going on on my end as well. So, you know, we all got stuff going on, but as Jojo alluded to, you know, people have been in the DMS messaging, things like that about what is going on with 699. What is the, what is the T What's the gossip? Mm. So I don't know if someone wants to break it down, but I'll give the floor. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't think there's any tea or gossip, honestly, like, because I kind of feel like, you know, when people say there's tea, it usually has some sort of an affiliation to, um, you know, something negative when in reality, when anything disbands, it's not necessarily uh, because of negative factors. It's just kind of like... um you know, things kind of run this course. Um, you know, people come together because they have a collective reasoning uh, for a uh, for a cause that they, uh, you know, believe in as a unit, as a crew, as a collective. But, um, you know, life happens. Everybody has different agendas, um, different priorities. So, I mean, that's, you know, like as Jojo mentioned, she's physically no longer in New York. Um, she has new things happening, not only in her personal life, but also in her professional life. Uh, Michael, who was producing, um, really like, you know, nurturing and carrying this 690. He basically adopted 699 per pound as a baby. And he was like, take, you know, like kind of like me, Jojo and Julie and Marcus, we kind of like gave birth to this shit. And then we were like, yo, like go play with uncle (laughs) Michael. (laughs) And uh, uh, you know, oh Uncle God. Michael took you care of it. You can't make a doctor okay. jokes. You know, <laughs> uh, uh, Uncle Michael took care of it for a while, and then he was like, "Yo, I, you know, I gotta do my own shit." So he was like, "Yo, man, um, this kid was a mine in the first place, so y'all handle it." <laughs> and then by the no, time no, it no. get back to us, we was like, "Oh shit!" Like, hey, yo, like we got other shit going on too. So, um, I mean, I know, I know that sounds kind of like a, a hardcore Japanese manga. 
Um, but you know, it's that's pretty much what happened. You know what I mean? And um, everybody, like I said, has different priorities. And I feel like when we first started this podcast, it was beautiful. And we are ending it on a beautiful note, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Which was what we're going to go into right now. Like we had a lot of great memories and a lot of great episodes, a lot of, a lot of amazing moments, you know what I'm saying? So I know Jojo, she's, she's obviously the emotional type. I'm sure you could kind of break <laughs> it down with like some of the first episodes we did and, you know, all the good stuff that we did, uh, you know, we've done together as a unit. Well, I mean, before we do that, yeah. I mean, Jojo, do you want to add anything to this, to the, uh, to the rumor mill? Nothing else to add, Michael. I'm just trying to, trying to stay in the weekend, get all, we can get all sides, get all sides of the story. No, nothing all else sides, to add, Michael. Sides. I'm just nothing stirring the pot. Add. I'm just stirring the pot. JK, JK, you, you, you're being mad suspicious right now. So the real story is, no, I'm kidding. That's actually the real story. I think it was just such a special time and... I can't believe we lasted this long. Michael's about to fly because all of us are off his back because he was carrying us on his shoulders. So um, it just really got tough, I think, with COVID. And I think this is a time when everyone kind of reflected and reevaluated what their mission is. What is my highest goal? All that jazz. And as the show evolved and as I evolved, I just realized that I kind of wanted to have 699 in my heart and the way I loved it. And it was selfish of me for, to expect it to be different, to, to keep it that way. And yeah, so I think that's my reasoning. It's kind of, it's really hard to explain. I, even when I told Michael and JK, it was still hard to explain like why it just didn't feel the way it did like it before where we were in the great big story office or in the canal street market like squeezed up in that little room and like having people cry during our podcast i'm crying and those intimate moments and it just was was like i wanted to leave it at that yeah Yeah, and i think what we created even when it's not really about the podcast too so (laughs) no but no yeah I, i definitely yeah echo what everyone said and michael what about you yeah i i as JK said, and, and Jojo, you said, is, you know, we're looking at, you know, things running its course or, you know, you put work in for two years and then, you know, sometimes things change. And when I looked at it, I was like, you know, looking at the film photography stuff or just feeling like, you know, like what's next. Um, it just felt like it was like a really great time to transition out. I, you know, I felt like I got what I really wanted out of the experience and it seemed like it was you know the cards were there so it just seemed like a natural thing um so it's like you know we don't have any bad blood it's just one of those things where it's like you know we did we did a beautiful thing and sometimes you just you know you just gotta end it every great band disband you know so you know it is with a heavy heart because as jakey said i did adopt this podcast and (laughs) it did really become my my baby and I pushed it along um, and, you know, able to get a lot of great interviews. I was just, like super happy about the interviews, we, the people we were interviewing, the events we did um, and the connections we we're making with people. And I, you know, hope that people, you know, remember that and, you know, continue maybe to like come back and listen to the episodes if need, like as they want, um, as we'll try to mm-hmm. keep them up. So, you know, that's that's what I'll remember, and you know, I, this is really the the I'll I'll talk about this more, but this is you know, the first project where I really got to flex my production muscles, so I will be forever grateful for six ninety nine. 
But with that said, yeah, we can move now. We can move on to the, uh, <laughs> to, looking to looking back. back yeah, at what six nine was for all of us. Yeah. I mean, if I were to think, I can't. <laughs> I feel like I'm in like a beauty pageant where I'm like, I can't choose my favorite oh, no. moment. Um, but so many moments. Um, but obviously, the first episode where we were like clumsily like setting things up. Marcus was like holding our hand, and we interviewed Donnie. And I remember after that episode, I was like, I can't do this. Like, I can probably do this for like five more episodes. And because I was so stressed out. I've never worked with someone else before, like Jakey. And <laughs> I've never worked <laughs> Love you. Um, and I also couldn't like stand hearing my own voice. Oh, yeah. I don't know if any of you guys went through it where it's like hard for you to like watch your own work or hard for you to like listen to yourself. And I was like, how am I going to do this? Yeah. But, and so that, and I, I remember calling my mom and it was just so, so tough. Um, <laughs> you called your mom. <laughs> I literally called my mom. And didn't oh I tell God. you guys a story? So, okay. Nah, you didn't say that you called your mom though. You should. Like. I literally called my mom and I was like, this is really hard, blah, blah. She's like, Jojo. Okay. So for Koreans and for non-Koreans, so there's two huge MCs in Korea. One's name is Yoo Jae-suk, who hosts Running Man. And one's name is Kang Odong, who runs something else. But they have very different personalities. Kang Odong is like JK. He's very kind of abrasive. You know, he says what's on his mind. He has no filter, but he is like. And then he got hilarious. caught with tax evasion. <laughs> and he's just like very like fire, like hot. And Yu Jae-sok is very like, he packages things up. He is very diplomatic. I can see where this is he going. He is really good at like kind of pulling everyone's strengths. But when they're hosting together, it's like fireworks. Like the shows that they've hosted together in the past, like X-Men and everything, they've done so well. And my mom was like, you are Yu Jae-sok and he's Kang Ho-dong. And it's hard and it's different. But when you guys host something together, it's going to be fun and interesting to the listener. And I remember like hearing that and I was like, okay, I'm Yu Jae-sok. <laughs> and then I kept going. And in two years, and I'll keep this short, but you know, tens of thousands of listens, partnering with amazing organizations, do we remember when we were featured on Spotify? That was so amazing. We got written up by the New Yorker, like by other New York com- publications. Um, yeah. It's just so amazing. And I even made my dream come true. I've always wanted to host a drag show because I'm obsessed with RuPaul's Drag Race. And I hosted a drag oh, yeah. show thanks to 699. Shout out to Awa. And brought and in. Planted. Yes. Awa and slanted and we did a happy hour brought in some drag queens and i got to you know live my fantasy so you were I'm, very excited no at that event. i was very tired i was um but you were very excited you were so tired <laughs> i was so excited i had my rainbow get up it was amazing wow uh, took shots with drag queens it was oh yeah jakey you weren't there that's why i was yeah, so glad yeah, no, i'm yeah. kidding no but it Damn, was, Jojo it was great. out here with the jabs out of nowhere just okay no nah, not yeah, at all not at all i know you know uh, what about you what about you um jakey uh, or Michael. What about me? What, what are some of the most memorable? I didn't know uh, you, moments? Jojo. I didn't know you called your mom. I was like, I was just hearing that reference that you made. I was like, this that could have been a very nice reference to make in the marketing. I think. Of I think. I think one of we one doing. of my um one of my highlights was when um when I told Jojo that everybody cheats, and then she literally cried. 
I thought that was. Oh my like, god! During the T two episode. I thought that. Oh was, I thought that was like so endearing yeah. and fun. <laughs> and like whenever oh I make god, certain, right. whenever I make certain statements that I just feel like, oh, it's just common sense. Like JoJo would cry, and uh, um, I just thought that she's so just she, she has such a tender heart, and you know, like she. Uh, I don't. I don't want to say like she's. Um innocent because i feel like that's kind of like derogatory to somebody who's uh who's obviously an adult but i just feel like a lot of the experiences that jojo amassed and her life um is very different from mine in many ways and um i think the process of figuring out those differences and um eventually mm-hmm. figuring out how to complement each other i felt like it was a great learning process for me um because you know to kind of go off to what she's saying like yeah i never worked like anybody like jojo either you know like i've always worked with either people that had to directly obey me or i had to directly obey them or you know just personalities that were um both prideful in their own rights you know what i'm saying so um it was an interesting experience you know what i mean not gonna lie like you know i've definitely had you know a pretty complex uh you know like diverse work experience but you know jojo was definitely an interesting character to work with and you know i I felt like it was a great time you know what i mean like um but yeah in terms of like some memorable moments yeah like literally i think just um dealing with uh uh you know it was like my first time working as a personality of anything like kind of being like Mm -hmm. um because i've produced a lot of things in the past uh, I've supported a lot of artists in the past, but I've never, uh, I think it was like one of the first times that I actually had to be at the forefront as a talent. Um, so yeah, that was also something that I had to get adjusted to, um, kind of putting on that hat. So yeah, I mean, overall, um, I mean, I know we're going to be talking about some of our favorite episodes, but you know, it was also great to, um, familiarize myself with, um, uh, like a lot of the younger, uh, Asian American or just like POC talents, uh, that Mm -hmm. are in the New York, uh, where I guess like just creative space in general. Cause, um, Mm -hmm. I mean, I was very familiar with like the OGs that we got to speak with, but, um, you know, young ladies like Kimmy or Christy, uh, or even ladies like Shelly, um, you know, these people I probably wouldn't have gotten known. I mean, I would probably wouldn't have gotten acquainted acquainted uh if it wasn't for 699 so yeah i felt like those moments were very uh uh i cherished those moments yeah it's it's always good to have like a reason to reach out to someone to for sure because yeah i've you know uh for me right it was as i said before it was my first time flexing my producer skills and before it's like you know I would want to interview people or talk to people, but you don't have a reason to. So you're kind of just like, oh, you do cool stuff or you see them from afar on Instagram or whatever. But as JK said, you know, being able to like reach out to like a Jeff Chang or a Ron Kim or, um, or like a Christy Mac or even, you know, or Kimmy or like Shelly. Um, I just trying to like run through everyone we talk to, like even like Donnie too, right? Like these people, like I would have never met. And I like thankful for this podcast for my ability to, you know, have, these relationships now like even um elijah martinez who we interviewed um who's an actor who appeared on wu-tang it was coming out in season two 
So shout out to that. But I just did uh, portraits uh, on my new film medium format camera with him in Prospect Park two two oh weeks ago. Gosh. So right, that's, that's, like, that's, that's like a direct connection that came out of that. So uh, I'm very mm-hmm. thankful for that. But for me, yeah, it was um, the night that I think we did a recording with. I forgot who we did recording with, but um, we went to Besso after the recording. And it was the 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 day that um, Jakey asked if I wanted to produce the podcast, which was mm. I at that point I was you know. Wasn't that Jay's episode? No, because Jay was the episode I sat in on, and then I, I and then oh, I didn't yes. like hear from y'all for a month, and then I was like, what's going on? <laughs> um, but then I, I think, yeah, Jakey asked, reached out and asked if I could edit episodes, and then I went on vacation. And I came back. I remember my parents are going to come into town. And then we had a recording. I forgot who it was with, but we did. I sat in a recording, but then we went to Besso afterwards. Um, and this was, you know, I guess you guys were looking for someone to run the show. And mm-hmm. I happened to just be in the space. Um, and um, I've heard Jakey tell the story a couple times already. But, you know, like that moment, Your own that moment was, you know, the start of me thinking of even thinking of myself as a producer. I didn't, I never really like, knew what the word producer was or you know i think from my upbringing you know i don't really am not privy to that language so just like having that opportunity from that moment on was you know amazing for two years and then the chops event that we did at mocha is you know something where it's like you envision it in your head and you're like oh it'd be really cool the chops album you know mountain brothers album is on the wall like it'd be cool to like interview him in that space and you know have some conversations, put things together and then see like, like 70 people show up to hear him speak about, you know, the Asian Americans and hip hop in the nineties and being independent artists and things like that. So that was super cool. And then, you know, the drinks afterwards and we're just, you know, having a good time. And those are the moments I definitely remember, but yeah, yeah. So we did, so we talked about, you know, our favorite like kind of moments, but let's get into specifically episodes because you know podcasts and episodes so let's start um jakey you have any what are your favorite episodes from um i don't know how many we did though like almost like over 50 episodes yeah we did a lot of episodes i mean um it's hard for me to pick just because um you know i feel like every conversation they 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 were unique and special in their own right um but if I have to, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's tough for me to list a specific episode that like choosing a child. Um, <laughs> I, I'll say that it's a it's it's a favorite. But I, what I do remember off top right now was um, certain moments. So uh, when I spoke with you know, like Ron Ron Kim, who's currently in uh, who's currently uh. uh Shit, I forget his title. <laughs> um, he's a he's a district assemblyman. Yes, so he's an assemblyman. When I spoke with him, I thought that was uh, you know, like just speaking with a local politician who directly represents the district uh, that I'm from, um, Flushing. Uh, that was interesting, and I believe Jojo, you weren't on that episode, um, mm-hmm. but you know. Maybe that's why it was weird. It was dope. <laughs> no. uh, yeah, it was. It was good. It was. It was a fun episode. It was a fun episode. Um, and I think also like speaking with um this gentleman Josh Stevens, um he was our second guest, 
Mm-hmm. He was a uh, he he's a he he's a lawyer, right? He's, he's a defense attorney. He's a de- yeah, defense, he's a defense attorney and a sports agent. Yeah, he's a defense attorney and a sports agent. Um, and yeah, I, I felt like even until then, like we were still trying to figure out like what the angle of the podcast was going to be. Um, but he was speaking about a lot of stuff that I was, that really piqued my interest. So I definitely remember that episode. And, uh, last but not least, I remember speaking with Sam Hahn and, um, you know, he's just a very articulate individual, uh, extremely well read. And, um, you could just kind of speaking with him, you could just feel like all this knowledge and insight and anecdotes just oozing out of his gray hair. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And um, it was one of those conversations where we didn't really have to do much <laughs> to get all this content out of him. Um, so it was an easy episode to record. So I definitely recall that as well. Yeah, yeah, nice. And yeah. I have so many too. Um, but I think it, it was just so cool where you see your past guests just like flourish. I mean, obviously like Justin Chan, you know, do it now, do it now. I still remember like his parting words and he's doing it. He sold the film to focus pictures and is completing his trilogy around Korean American stories. Um, getting to interview Chelsea white, um, who I adore and she's my mentor She's now working on the Drew Barrymore show. And um, fun fact, she called me up one time and she was like, can you say Monday in Korean? And little did I know Drew Barrymore was on the other line learning how to say Monday from me. And it was just like such a crazy, surreal moment. And, you know, Chef Jay Lee, you know, he opened up no one. Like, remember when we talked to him, he was still the executive chef at Rice and Gold. So many things have changed. And now he's like pursuing his own dreams that podcast when he was so shy, remember all of you guys were there. He was a little shy. He was kind of clammed up. And now he's just a personality, just like on, on TV, on competition shows. He's just going to be a superstar. Yeah, he's really come out of his and show. Exactly. And just to feel like we were a tiny, tiny step in their journey is so rewarding. And um, I also just really have to shout out Seth Cheeks, who, um, has such an incredible career. I remember he sent us like a 40 page. <laughs> yeah. That was a lot. Google doc of his life story. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like you should write a book. And you know, he donated so much to us. He donated actually, Monetarily. you know, $699. <laughs> um, and <laughs> sorry, putting you all blast Seth, but I just couldn't believe that someone like liked our, what we were making so yeah. much. I think we were kind of all in that imposter syndrome. You know, we're turning these out and not taking a step back to see how it may have helped people and to touch people. And yeah, those are some of my favorite episodes. Yeah. What about I you, Michael? Seth is Seth is up there too. Seth and Seth and Sam. Um, they're both like really kind and thoughtful people in general, mm-hmm. which I really like to be around. So just and there's you know. They're, they're talented in their own ways, um, smart in their own ways. Um, so it's just great to be around. Um, and this, I guess to add, I, I really liked the episodes where we, you know, we interview people that I guess have more like working class or blue collar mm. type of work. Um, so if mm-hmm. it's Joanna Brentley, who is a MTA transit worker, right. um, and just like how funny and 
like inviting and warm she is as a person. And then just like the stories she would tell and then kind of the insights she would give about, you know, what it's, what it's really like to be a token booth worker for the MTA and have like comedy dreams and, you know, just like, you know, the way her storytelling, the way she was able to tell those stories was amazing. And then, um, Serena Seriaku, um, who's, a Asian American, Asian, Asian woman firefighter in the, uh, New York fire department. Um, and you know, she broke down like all the crazy hurdles and the things you got to go through to become a firefighter and you know what it's like and her stories. Um, she's also, you know, a very strong willed and warm person, which is great. And then, um, yeah. Um, John, John Yang and Marina Cabanas with the Asian Americans advancing justice was a cool episode just because I think, you know, we got to work with a really big organization and me emailing those people who are, you know, at the national level in DC and they, you know, John taking the time and um, Marita taking the time just like to speak to us about, you know, anti-Asian sentiment going around and, you know, what we can do on a local level, um, politics, all that. And then Jeff Chang, I always remember the, the, uh, racial capital capitalism bit that we talked about on, on the podcast that we did, mm-hmm. um, him talking about, you know, how culture is an exchange and, you know, how you, we can appreciate and, you know, um, right exchange from each other without being exploitative um and you know now kind of adjacent working with him with race forward um and i recently heard him talk again about racial capitalism and it was just you know he's just a super articulate um and just like kind person as well so you know we were just like blessed to have such smart articulate um just like kind guests all around and you know it was it was really great to to be around. yeah and you found like the coolest people, Michael, like Joanna and uh, Serenia, like they had such amazing stories and you booked that and you really pushed us to go out of our network and find these gems. And I think those are some of the best episodes we've ever made. So please listeners, if you, you know, still want to go back, do listen, do listen to those episodes. I think there's definitely a lot of gems anyone can take out of those episodes. But Word up. yeah, Word so let's up. Uh, transition over to, you know, now we, you know, we said about what our favorite moments were with 69M, what our favorite episodes were, but let's move now to, you know, how we want to remember 699 um, as, you know, as ourselves. And then maybe we can get into like what we hope the listeners will take away and remember about 699. So let's, you know, um, Jojo. So, you know, what will you take away, you know, two years you're working with 699 as, as you move forward with what, whatever comes your way? Yeah. And I feel like this is going to, I feel like I'm going to blur it into the question that you asked about how do you, how do we want our listeners to remember us too? Is that I thought about my cousins a lot and my younger self when recording these episodes because I just wanted to expand the definition of success, not only for them, but for myself, you know, as someone who grew up very cookie cutter, you know, very was pursuing something very safe. 699 was a place where um, 
Oh my gosh, I'm gonna cry. <laughs> Whoa. 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 Oh, this, is, this is exactly the moment I was telling y'all about, listeners. We didn't we didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. And Jojo just started crying. Oh my gosh. Um, this is no, it's big. Yeah, you know, yeah, it pushed me to like dream bigger and to lean into myself. And I would have never thought, you know, to do this. You know, it was thanks to JK and Michael and Julie where I, I gained the confidence to um, feel like my voice mattered and was worth hearing and to expand that view of success. And what I mean by that is, you know, thinking I don't have to just do this job. I don't have to just get a paycheck. I don't have to do what my parents want me to do. You know, I can li- live fearlessly, selfishly, and there is a scenario where it's a win-win where I can be a great daughter to my family, but also pursue my dreams because like, look at all these amazing people who've done yeah. it, yeah. you know, in their own way and done it while being the minority in that very field. Because we want to reiterate that one of the categories in which we pick these guests is that they were minorities in their field um, because we wanted um, the listeners to hear their stories of how they overcame it because you know none of them sugarcoated it and said wow this was super easy like we hear in other podcasts you know white men interviewing white men being like yeah it was really easy like i just got ten thousand dollars from my mom and i started my own t-shirt business and it's like yeah that's not gonna happen for me or any pocs (laughs) Uh, who don't have intergenerational wealth and i I'm just like so happy and I really hope when people remember us and when I look back at 699, it's just going to be a place where we really push the boundaries on what success can look like for Asians, for um, people be, you know, in demographics in which they felt like they had to follow a path. You don't have to do that. You can go off the beaten path because you have over 50 people that we've interviewed who did just that and succeeded. Yeah. So. That's, that's how I yeah. want to remember it. Oh, wow. I didn't think, thanks for that. I didn't realize, you know, I didn't realize how much of a, a home this was for, for you to explore those things. So I'm just I'm grateful that I was able to like share that space with you and be able to like, you know, create this and have, you know, you understand, come to understand these new things about you and what you can accomplish in your life. So that's, that's super thanks. special. Yeah. 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 No, that's dope, man. That's dope that, um, you know, this was an outlet for you to express, uh, express that and, uh, experience that at the same time. Uh, I mean, for me, 699, um, you know, was a podcast that I kind of always wanted to do. I wanted to, um, you know, I'm just an inquisitive person in general. I could be nosy, uh, or nosy. And, um, I, you have so many crazy stories about like three hour Uber driver, conversation yeah yeah like I, I like to just ask a lot of people a lot of questions i like to learn about different people's situations and um you know they say that curiosity killed a cat hell nah man curiosity made his cat very brolic so uh <laughs> that's kind of how i look at it so you know 699 was pretty much a manifestation of that initial idea but i mean for me um you know it was a concept that i was able to execute with the help of julie Marcus, Jojo, and Michael. So I'm forever grateful for that. Um, And um, yeah, I mean, I feel like for me personally, 
this part of interviewing and sharing different people's story is not going to be over um, with 699. If anything, six, if 699 was one of the chambers or was it was one of the, you know, is, is one of the chapters in the book. Um, there's going to be additional chapters that's going to be added and that could be done in the format of me highlighting local restaurants via Righteous Eats, which is a series that I started on TikTok, which is also um, shared on my Instagram page, or it could be another podcast, you know, it could be a video series, it could be a TV show, who knows, you know? So, um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of how I look at it. But but at the core of it, yeah, 699 definitely laid a very solid basis and a foundation for that uh, additional attempts or, uh, you know, expressions that I think is going to be coming, coming along. Yeah, definitely. JK is now a personality to be reckoned with out here. Hey. Yeah. Um, before he was before famous. Before he was, but he, he before he was semi-famous. <laughs> he was Queens famous. Now he's now he's TikTok famous. Gotta re-listen to all the episodes to make sure you don't get canceled, JK. <laughs> oh no, it's all good. You know what I mean? I feel like I'm pretty out here already. You know, yeah. <laughs> if, if, if my TikTok listeners listen to this, they got to know that I'm an asshole, even though I reply to all their comments. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just because I reply to your comments, that doesn't mean I'm an asshole. You know what I mean? I'm still an asshole. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. As I, I alluded to before, like 699 was very much my first foray into building out a media related th- project and a team and um, you know, it's, it was wonderful to get so much support from everyone on the team and like the willingness to test out my ideas about like the structure, what kind of marketing stuff, even learning how to like format a business, um, how to book guests, like go after people and then get people on right. As we talked about the great guests we had on the podcast, um, and kind of like to Jojo's point about like coming into my own or coming into your own as a person, um, you know, it's always like, we always strive to be in spaces that allow us to expand and allow us to find the confidence that we always wish we had or thought we had inside of us. And, you know, this podcast allowed me to do that, you know, in the background, you know, you don't really hear my voice that much, but the ability to be like, oh, wow, like I put in this work and this, this product came out, um, an episode and these people are reacting to it this way and make, you know, whatever people get out of it, you know, at least that story's out there being told someone listened to it, whatever, like small change or shift in someone's mindset happened. Um, and you know, realizing like, okay, like, you know, put in the work and you know, this thing actually happens, it comes out. So it was, you know, grateful for like that, the nest that was created for me to just like really like create, um, um, at a, such a, you know, create such a thing that, you know, I am proud of at the end of the day. And I, I can say like, I spent two years on this project and I have this to show for it. And, you know, I'm super grateful for that. Um, yeah. And like everyone else that, you know, helped out along the way to like Nicole and Lily and Sophia, um, and, um, Yoon and am I missing anyone? I feel like I'm always missing people. Um, or like Tristan or like John Zhang or like, you know, all these people, um, that gave their time in different ways. So I'm, I'm just, you know, grateful for all of that. Yeah. Oh, and Chris Skinner. Who oh yeah. Skinner. Yeah. Chris Skinner. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to, 
never gave us the other vectors. So I, know, just- I got the I got the vectors. Um, I finally got the vectors two years later. Um, but yeah, no, it's you know I'm just grateful for the experience. Um, that's all I gotta say. I mean, in that sense, but I mean, we you we that's all I gotta say, fam. Yeah. Um, but we kind of talked about we kind of got into this already, but you know. What do we now that we kind of talked about like what we we got out of the podcast and what we want to take away? You know what what is something that you want the listeners to remember or take away from six ninety nine? It could be like one of those like what's your personal mantra moments, or you know you could break it down even further. Word, I mean, yeah. I feel like um, I, I you know I th- I feel like JoJo addressed this in a very emotional manner but I'll probably take some of the emotion away from this. Uh, Just keep doing what you're doing, man. You know what I mean? Like, uh, live your best life. I know these are very cliche Instagram, you know, like mantras or captions that you see often, way too often, without any context. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, I I feel like if you do want to add a little context, um... You know, obviously having a strategy, having uh, the know-how and having the discipline, those are all important factors. But without having that initial drive and that fearlessness, um, none of that really matters because, uh, you know, because all that frequency, all the strategy, all the relationship building, all the networking, all of that could happen. is going to happen as long as you have that sense of fearlessness. And I think um, too often times um, before you even attempt something, uh, making that leap, people tend to um, succumb to their own, um, their own insecurities and their own fear. You know what I mean? And I think just making that first leap is what's important afterwards, consistency, frequency, um, hard work and dedication, those are all necessary, but, you know, let's, let's come across that fear first. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I, I shit, I don't want to come off like bootleg Yoda, try to <laughs> preach some, you know, try to preach like I know everything when, you know, I'm still a student. Cause you know, the more, you know, the more, uh, the more, you know, that you don't know anything, you know what I mean? The more, you know, that you learn that, yo, you don't know shit. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know, the older I get, I realize, you know, like, damn, I really don't know much. You know what I'm saying? And the older you get, uh, you see the lies in the truth and you see the truth in what you thought were lies. You know what I mean? So, yeah, don't believe anything. You know, always doubt shit. You know what I mean? Not not to the degree yeah. of conspiracy, because I do think vaccines work. Um, <laughs> and uh, but yeah, just, to sum it up, just, you know, keep doing what you're doing, you know? Yeah. That was a yeah, yeah. That was a very New York way of saying saying it. Yeah, no, but yeah. that's that's great advice for anyone. Like, because definitely that like mm-hmm. last that like first step is the hardest. Yeah. Jojo, you got anything? Well, yeah, and I remember. She's I, definitely not going to say it in a New York way. <laughs> Give it the LA, the LA version. Uh, <laughs> yo, keep doing what you're doing. Uh, no. Um, to put it more in the bow, I, I said this, you know, like five minutes ago, but you have the power to change your life. You deserve to go after your dreams and 
what I realized was that Jakey and I and you, Michael, we were sometimes kind of like the older sibling to these listeners that they never had. Or that friend who is telling them, like, believe in yourself, go after it. Like, I just remember that one um, letter that we received, Jakey, it was in Korean and in English and about this girl who wanted to be an actor. Mm. But she was balancing the hopes and expectations of her parents. And she was saying like, I listen to your podcast and, you know, it gives me hope that I can do what I want to do. And she came to our holiday party and she won a bottle of whiskey, but she was like 20. She was like 18 or something. Yeah, yeah, she was, yeah. like, so she was young. like in high school. Um, oh no. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> but I just want, you know, people like her to, you know, remember that you can do whatever you want to do. You know, you can go after your dreams. You can be selfish. And if you need like a little bit of a pep talk or you need to draw inspirations from our guests, like $6.99 will always be there for you. Yeah, no, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, man. But don't send me your mixtapes. You know what I mean? (laughs) Um, If you want a proposal, put it in a deck. Don't fuck it. Just DM me. (laughs) Um, Send it in an email format. I'll get get back to you when I get a chance. You know what I mean? Um, those are some, yeah, don't, those don't are take, some gems right there yeah don't take everything mm-hmm. literally please <laughs> yes yeah no to reiterate kind of like keep going with um or mm-hmm. what jojo was saying um in that the sense of like power to change your life or you know take control of it and like believe in your dreams i think you know i just tie this back to like current situations for us is as, as an Asian community is, you know, I think, you know, we're dealing with a lot, um, not just the virus, but just, you know, the Asian anti-Asian sentiment that's going around. And, you know, there's a lot of feelings going about, you know, are we speaking up? Are we not speaking up? But, and there's, you know, this thing that keeps happening where people say, you know, Asians are quiet. Like we need to like step up and speak. Um, I kind of, you know, and I, I always saw 699 as a as a thing that kind of like flipped those ideas in terms of like, you know, people will say like, okay, there is, you know, being having being a DJ as an Asian or being an artist as an Asian is edgy or new when, you know, it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Like we interview people, you know, who have been doing it for like 20 years or, you know, like I meet people that have, you know, OG people that are photographers, that are designers, that are, you know, um, I don't know. You just, you just, you know, you Google people and you find them. And that goes along with being loud. I think there's, there's been a strong history of Asians speaking up about things. It's just a matter of, are they shown in the spotlight? And I think, you know, I, I would love for people to hear our episodes and, or just in general, like be out on the web or in conversation with someone and find out something new about, you know, Oh, I didn't know. Like, an Asian person was doing this, or I didn't know like a certain person was doing that. Right. Um, and then like finding that kind of that the muse or that like little spark that um, gives you permission to do that thing, to be loud, to be yourself, to, to be unapologetic about being Asian and eating kimchi in front of people or eating for me, I guess, not in front of people, whatever it is. Um, and just, you know, do it. Um, as JK said, right. Do what you do. Take the leap of faith, believe in yourself. Like these are all important things that we can all, um, take moving forward. You know what I mean? Mm. Bong bong. You know what I mean? 1000%. Um, yeah. Uh, you have anything else you want to add JK? I think you want to, 
nah, there's nothing really else to add. I just feel like, you know, um, power is in your actions, you know? So, like, it's not like we're just going to disappear. Like, um, I'm going to be here. Like, I'm very, if anything, this pandemic has made me even more active on social media than I ever been. Um, pretty much I'm like, I'm like, you know, pretty much sharing every piece of my life. Like I'm on a reality show, like I'm on a Truman show or some shit. Uh, but I, you know, so I, so I feel like everything about me, more and more things about me is out there. So, you know, if I, you know, like, I, I feel like, um, you could kind of just express yourself. God, sorry. CJ just... <laughs> Plant it gave water to a plant, and um, <laughs> a lot of water is leaking right now. Sorry, because that's why I mumbled a lot. <laughs> okay, she, well, well, she, yeah, yeah, Jakey's babe. Wow, it's can we wipe that down, please? Let me, okay, as Jakey, okay, as Jakey uh, dealing with that, um, I, I just want to say one more thing to the listeners, right? I think, sorry, I mumbled, uh, you know, because she like the water just, fucking, yeah, I know. Yeah, we're going to keep down like keep, a waterfall, keeping, you know what I mean? We're keeping all this. We're not going to cut any of this because this is great. That's that's why yeah. I was mumbling. That's why I was like trying to deliver some real poignant yeah, it was, insightful shit and then like just the waterfall just came down on the computer honest, table. Yeah, that last minute that you spoke didn't make any sense to me. Um, exactly. Exactly, because I was trying to correct the situation <laughs> that was happening right next to me. Yeah. Um, um no, but I want to say one more thing actually. Um for the listeners, I think I want to say like making a podcast is is not that easy. Um, I think, especially nowadays with the explosion of podcasts and everyone wants to make a podcast, and especially with COVID and knockdowns, it's like the thing, right? Um, like it takes a lot of work and I don't want to scare people, but I want, you know, to say, as JK said, like it takes dedication and persistence to get it done. It's not just two mics and people start talking, you know, it's strategy. Like, what are you talking about? Being very specific about it. Who are your target demographics? How are we going to speak to them? How are we going to engage them and create a community at the end of the day? So, you know, if anyone's thinking about creating a podcast, you know, um, don't, don't do, do it. it. Just kidding. Yeah. Nah, money I, I will say this. I'll say this. Uh, you know, now that now that the situation next to me has been sorted, I'll say this. Um, don't don't try to half ass anything. You know what I mean? Um, I can't. Uh, I, I'm, you know, for for the longest time, I've been a master of none. I mean, uh, a jack of all trades, master of none. Um, you know, I dabble. I feel like I could cover a lot of things. Um, you know, I could do a little bit of everything, but uh, I never fully dedicated myself to one particular craft or a project. And um, fortunately or unfortunately, I think 699 was one of those many other projects that I was doing. I mean, that probably was one of the causes uh, for the, uh, you know, what what we're doing right now this disbandment if everybody's uh, uh if everybody put their uh focus fully dedicated to 699 who knows maybe we we could have had another 5 to 10 years right but um not going to say like yo like trying different things is a is bad uh because you don't know what's really meant for you but if you do decide to go full forth or if you do want to see you know uh, significant results, um, you do have to put into work. And, um, yeah, so, um, you know, so if it's a podcast that you want to put into work, 
um, you know, really be willing to go full force. You know what I mean? Um, I guess uh, we didn't mention these guys, uh, uh, Mike and Fumi from Asian Not Asian podcast. You know what I mean? Yeah. Those guys are a great example of, um, you know, fully dedicating themselves. You know, they obviously have their day jobs, but they're going full force with the pod, with their comedy career. The the focus is very clear. Um, they know exactly the trajectory that they want to go. So I have a lot of respect for those guys, you know, on what they're doing. Um, I don't always find Fumi funny, but, um, <laughs> you know, I think, um, you know, what they're doing as a uh, as a focus for, um, you know, fully dedicating themselves. I think that's something that is really commendable and it's something that, you know, everybody could learn from. Definitely. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Jojo, you have anything to add before we move on? No, I think I've said okay, a lot. Okay, got you. <laughs> Jojo just wants to get the fuck out of here, no, yo. So we're, we're going to keep it moving. Um, on top, uh, speaking of other, you know, you mentioned Asian, not Asian, but quickly, let's just go through. Since 699 is off the air, okay. going to be off the air, what, what other things should people listen to? What are, you got like two, two recommendations? Um, I, I, you know, that's speaking of another podcast that is going full forth. Um, there's a podcast hosted by two, uh, black, you know, gentlemen, um, it's called earn your leisure. Um, mm-hmm. it has grown to, it has grown significantly within the past like year and a half or so a year, maybe two years or so, you know, it, they actually started after six ninety nine, but within the first year they grew tremendously and, throughout this pandemic, they really utilize this time to go full force with the content. And now um, it's like, I think like one of the top 10 uh, uh, most viewed and listened to podcasts on Apple. Um, And it's about, uh, you know, investments, uh, uh, learning about finance, learning about, um, uh, you know, learning about um, just wealth, which is a topic that is often not discussed in black and brown communities. And they do a very great job of explaining those things, uh, inviting a lot of interesting guests. Um, so if you're interested, and you know, I, I feel, I, I encourage everybody to listen to it, regardless if you're interested in finance or not, you know what I mean? Cause we live in a capitalistic society. You should know what's in your bank account. You should know how the tax system works. You should know how the stock market works, even if you're not an active trader. Um, so I highly recommend you listening to that. And um, another podcast I listen to, I try to listen to every morning is NPR's Up First. Um, is a daily news podcast. Um, there's other news podcasts out there, obviously, but I feel like Up First, um, you know, they're not really politically skewed. I mean, obviously, they're more left-leaning, more liberal-leaning. Uh, but, you know, uh, I feel like they do a great job of delivering the key news. It's only 15 minutes. If you just want to sound intelligent or articulate, know what's going on in the world to your friends, to your girlfriend at your church congregation, listen to an episode of Up First in the morning just so you could be in the uh, national discourse. Bong. Damn. Okay. Uh, Jojo, what you got? Um, Don't listen to Asian, not Asian. <laughs> <Okay>. Just kidding. <laughs> listen to our um, episode with them, actually. We, we did a cross-share episode with them, and there's a backstory of why um, I don't want you guys to listen to them. Jo- all jokes. Love you, Fumi and Mike. <laughs> um, but I will say I listen to us, obviously. <laughs> I highly doubt everyone has listened to all 50 of our episodes. So 
you know, go back to some of our episodes, give it another listen. Um, but one really random rogue podcast where like I fell into it and I think everyone should listen to is Dolly Parton's America. Oh, I have heard about this. I have heard I about this. Yes. And it's produced by Jad Abumrad. I think I'm saying it wrong. Um, but he cr- actually created Radio Lab, and um, he actually got access to Dolly thanks to his father. Um, he, he's a doctor, and he um, Dolly was his patient. Uh, but it's really, really interesting. And through Dolly Parton, you know, they go into politics of and the current political climate. Why she is this like rogue person that appeals to both liberals and conservatives. <laughs> Um, and her just like journey and how talented yeah. she is. And um, I, I think, you know, this is a really divisive time. And Jad does a really good job about why she's one of those few figures that really unify um, the nation. So mm, I thought it was interesting. Really nice. I, should, I always thought, you know, I, I always mean, wonder like how much time she puts into her hair because her hair yeah. always looks so perfect. Like it's drawn, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, Oh, she always got those like very intricate details with the waves. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So shout out to yeah. Dolly and her hair. You know what I'm saying? Shout yeah. Out to Dolly. No, she's an incredible person. And she's still recording. She's actually, she keeps writing songs right now. And she's actually um, putting them in, some of them into public domain. So even when she dies, artists in the future can like remix her okay. music. Mm-hmm. So she's just like, yo, I don't need publishing checks anymore. You know what I mean? I'm rich enough. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm not going to spend all this money when I die. So yeah, here yeah, you go, yo. Damn. Here's a gift I mean, to the world. Only for the people. people. That's born in Tennessee. Yeah. So it's crazy. Okay. Michael, yeah. Um, two podcasts really quick. Time to say goodbye. Um, is a Asian American left leaning podcast but i do like i want to hear an asian american right-leaning podcast though what's good with that yeah i don't know <laughs> I, I don't listen to that um but yeah they i i like the labor angle they take with things and kind of break down they did break down the election and how it's how it's going and how people are pandering to certain things or you know what is the asian american vote um and it's just i don't know i i feel like i'm smarter because i'm listening to it um and then yeah, for sure, man. Jay Caspian yeah. definitely is, is is a smarter version of Jay Kicho. <laughs> <laughs> you know, nah, nah, yo, your quick side note, yo. So there's a TikTok episode that they did. They specifically talk Ooh. about, you know, about um sorry to cut you off, Michael, but I have to address this because uh they they basically play a bunch of TikTok um what is it? Uh, uh, personalities in the food space right. when TikTok was really popping, like maybe like six months ago, I think, yeah. three, four months ago. What did they say about um, you? And then, and then they played my clip, and then they're like, "Yo, ah. like, um, you know, they talk about like, uh, they don't specifically say AAVE. I, mean, I forget the specific terminology, but they talk about me. They talk about how um, it's interesting that the the food, uh, the TikTok cooks that are Asian, um, they tend to adopt." more of a hip-hop, masculine, uh, machismo tone, whereas, like, the mm. female TikTok cooks, they kind of put on, like, this cutesy, kawaii tone, and they were, like, dissecting that, like, kind of like how Jay Caspian and his crew does, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, dissecting yeah. shit about people wouldn't really care, but, like, only Twitter agents that are mass smart with PhDs would care about, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> so, like, that so that's kind of the vibe. And, you know, to to answer your point, Michael, yes, I do feel smarter when I listen to it, but then also I'm like, 
yo, people in the real world doesn't give a fuck about this shit unless you kind of write like a, a discourse or like a college thesis about this. You know what I'm saying? So shout out to Jay Cassian, <laughs> though. You know what I'm saying? I have all his books, yo. Like, I'm, I'm a big fan of his work. Okay. I'm just saying, like, yeah, no, that's kind of the vibe that yeah. I get when I listen to that podcast. Yeah. No, I get you. Yeah, but I'm. But would I, you agree? Would you agree or disagree? I agree. I agree with that. I agree. I, I. But I love getting deep into topics like that. So I am. I am that Twitter Asian that you talk about. Um, yeah, like I listened to that Filipino nurses and better luck tomorrow episode. Um, was it like last week or something? Um, the I don't Filipino, know you, you the Filipino DJ episode is super interesting though. Oh yeah, totally. Oliver Wang wrote like a whole book about yeah, that yeah, shit. That's super. Yeah. See, I know my Asian shit, dog. Come on now, okay, I know okay. my well, Asian okay. academic breakdown right, shit. We gotta move on. Okay, and the other one I want to talk about is Throughline. Um, it's an NPR podcast, just like JQ's up first, but um, mm. it's they just take uh, you know, they take subjects and just break them out, break them down really great. I love the James Baldwin episode they have, the Billy Holiday episode, the Electoral College episodes they have. So. That's a good like NPR podcast. Check out NPR. I like NPR just in general because, as Jakey alluded to, it is left leaning, but is is public um, radio, so it's not as biased as they say. So you just like have a level tone to things. Um, kind of you know sound smart to your congregation, as Jakey said. So those are six podcasts y'all can um, check out. But I guess we should wrap up soon because we've been talking a while. I mean, we have. Um, kind of want to i kind of wanted to talk about looking forward maybe we can do this super quick about like what's next for y'all we kind of updated people about you know what we're up to now but you know let's talk about you know what is what's next um jojo if you want to kick it off okay uh, okay, so what's next? I mean, obviously, so I'm at Headspace now. I don't think I said that in the beginning. Um, and I'm the audience development director. So I'm really, mean? really into the content. What does that mean? <laughs> um, what does the audience develop uh, uh, director? What, what, sorry. Yeah, yeah, audience development okay, director. What? It's like a fancy word that is kind of like, it's another word, I think, for content strategy. Mm. So right now, what I do is um, I work with the content directors. So we've been making really cool stuff. We just uh, announced our partnership with Netflix. We have a show that's coming out January 1st. Bong, bong. Uh, we are doing really cool stuff with talent. We have a series of inspirational talks with like, Kevin Hart. We obviously have our partnership with John Legend. Mm. So my job is to look at all the things that we're creating and kind of looking at what's doing really well and what's not. We look at the return on investment and work with the content directors into making sure their stuff is being seen and um, getting feedback from our audiences. So it's been really cool. And it's my first role where I actually report to the head of content because I talk about my job on the show of how it was really kind of strategic research biz dev. But Mm. to now I'm actually working with the head of content, which has been really fun. But other than that, I'm... I'm trying to build a community in LA, um, but I am actually going to host a really cool event for Apex for Youth. It's going to be called Trailblazers, Women at the Forefront, AKA my brand. And we have awesome guest speakers and Apex for Youth is an incredible organization that helps underprivileged uh, Asian American kids in New York. And they usually have huge like charity events, but now they're doing Zoom events. And so please come and support and I realized not doing 699, a little part of me felt like it kind of died because 
Um, I like kind of um, dispersing my interest across different things. Like my job is my job. My creative passion is my creative passion. So um, I actually started signed myself up to work on a documentary. I'm going back to my GBS days again. By the way, GBS shut down. That's another episode which will never get made, but you guys can DM me about it. But um, it's a documentary series with an old colleague that I used to work with um, and Dolly Lee. Uh, she actually co-founded Gold Thread and has done amazing stuff. She's a cool, super cool chick, amazing video journalist. And she's working on a documentary called Choi, which is going to take you inside the world of Asian farmers and communities. And it's currently in development. So if you guys are interested, she's building a team. If you guys want to learn more, have any ideas, have anecdotes, please hit me up and we, let's keep the conversation going. But those are some of the things that I'm working on. Cool. Sounds good. Damn. Dope. Dope. Yeah. Michael, do you want to go I'm ahead? Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Michael, I mean, yeah. yeah. Jojo's making moves already in LA. Okay. Damn. Um, yeah, for me, as I look to 2021, I want to move to Japan at some time soon, sooner than later. Um, past episodes, I've I've explained I was born in Japan and then moved over here uh, when I was five. Um, and there's a big part of me now that wants to go back and find out what it means to be Japanese for myself. So, you know, I got my photography thing now. So, you know, I just want to ideally walk around Japan and shoot photos, but I know that's not possible so starting the paperwork starting to look into things if anyone if any listeners have any connections and leads this is why i'm saying this let me know my mm. uh i'm on instagram mad names hit me up there or just you know um find me somehow i don't know find me but um let me know because i'm very interested in hearing what you got what do you have to say if you have any connections so yeah that's what i'm looking at i mean it's a big move but i think that's when amazing. I think about it, I was like, I got to do this thing. Um, yeah, man, yeah. do it. Do it before you, be, before it gets it. any later. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. Got to be fearless, kid. You don't know what's out there until you do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, Jakey, what, what do you got? Um, yo, like, on? everything, like I said earlier, um, when I had to deal with some situation right next to me with the waterfall <laughs> and the plant, um, you know, my whole life is pretty much on display right now. Mm. So... Uh, you know, there isn't really anything for me to add. I mean, if you listen to six ninety nine per pound, most likely uh, you probably follow, you know, what I do. Um, so, yeah, everything is out there. You know, there's Righteous Eats where I'm trying to highlight local restaurants uh, because uh, they're saying that uh, by the end of this year, one third. Actually, some of the recent reports that came out because uh, um, indoor dining in New York City just closed again. Uh by the end of the winter, which is probably like toward mid-February, they say that probably like half of independent restaurants in New York City might permanently close. You know what I mean? Mm. So it's just crazy because I genuinely believe restaurants and food culture in New York, because of its diverse ethnic uh, communities, really shape and define the beauty of, you know, of the city. So I felt obligated to use the little platform that I have to uh, really try to shed light and bring some energy behind it. And luckily, a lot of people have, um, you know, reacted positively to it. A lot of restaurants started reaching out to me saying, yo, can you come by? You know, um, I'm doing this out of pocket, um, but uh, I'm already seeing some potential leads from it. So I think I'm going to definitely keep pushing on this front. 
Uh, but yeah, for 2021, man, I mean, I'm gonna say it out loud right here. Like, uh, you know, I'm a businessman, I'm an entrepreneur. Um, you know, I made a movie, but I really never really thought about, uh, pushing forth me as a, as a talent or me as a personality or me as a content creator. Uh, but I think, um, you know, 2020 kind of gave me a lot of, uh, insight into what that process is like. And I, I, I think, you know, I'm probably going to be doing more of that in 2021. So we'll see what happens. Hey. Excited to see it. There you go. Okay. So now everyone knows what we're going to be up to. So you can track us on our, on our personal feeds or however you want to follow on a, on a public way. Um, but let's wrap up um, the episode. I mean, we talked a lot about, you know, about the show and how we felt about it. But I just want to give y'all some time just for like, you know, last remarks. Thanks. Thanking people, listeners that were involved. Um, Any, anything you got left? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, obviously thank you to you guys. I want to do a special thanks to Julie. Um, She's still my mentor and she's the one who asked me if I wanted to do this podcast and she convinced me to put myself out there and that that was such a blessing. And I would have never, you know, said, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this on my own. I really needed someone like her to push me to do it. So I really owe a lot to her. Thank you to Jay Key. Um, you're always pushing me to speak up something sometimes at the cost of you, you know, you've always pushed me to push back. And I really appreciate that. And I've learned so much from you. And, you know, sometimes we definitely didn't see eye to eye and we grew up differently. And, but I always, always admired you in the way that you are fearless and you have a lot of qualities that I wish I had. And I think that's why sometimes there is that tension and misunderstanding, but I'm really happy that I got to work with you and Michael, who, you know, you were the backbone of our podcast um, and you really pushed it to the next level and kept it going when it was kind of stagnating. And you really brought in that element where we were connecting with our listeners, like in a live capacity and Mixmaster Marcus, of course, who would edit the show from Korea, like he was all over the place, all over the world, but he still found time to uh, make our episode sound righteous and our amazing guests and to everyone who came to all of our events. There are a few people who would literally come to everything, comment, just show support. Um, and I just want to thank all of them for sharing these moments with us and they will last yes. forever. Um, yeah. What about you, Michael? So heartfelt. I don't know if I can, uh, I can follow that up. Um, yeah, I, I guess I'll take the opportunity. Yeah, to like thank the team, like Jojo, Jakey, Marcus, Julie, um, Sophia, Lily, Nicole, Yoon, um, Tristan, like everyone, right? That came and like yeah, so many crazy. people that came like- through and helped us, like you know, make this thing. Um, I'm indebted to all of you. Um, I was just telling people what to do. <laughs> Um, even though that is a job in itself, but to get, to get things done is, you know, another thing. So, you know, I'm just like, thank you for giving me the opportunity, um, especially the core team, right. For believing that I could do the job and ask me to step up and do it. Um, it's been life cha- life changing in a lot of ways, um, to be honest, to be able to like pivot and to see a different future for myself. 
in terms of what is possible. So, um, yeah, I, I call myself a producer now because of this show. So, yeah, that's uh, that's I can't ask for anything more. So, thank you for the listeners. Mm. The listeners, thank you to the team. Uh, thank you for just making this happen. Uh, so, thank you. One thousand percent. One thousand percent. Yeah, yeah, totally. No, that's dope. Um, yeah, I, I appreciate you for uh, shouting out the whole team, the whole crew. Obviously, uh, you know, I gotta thank JoJo. Uh, I gotta thank Marcus. I gotta thank Julie. I gotta thank JoJo. Uh, nah, Michael. Sorry, can't thank JoJo twice. Um, but as you mentioned, Michael. Um, you know, I appreciate Sophia. I haven't spoken to her in a while. Hope she's doing well. I gotta thank. We gotta thank Nicole um, for. Uh, Nicole, who was on the Biden campaign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all the viral videos. Yeah. Shout, Shout out to Nicole for that. Um, you know, thankfully the candidate that she was working for won. So good for her. Um, so yeah, shout out to her. Uh, shit, who else, man? Um, what's what's uh, uh Lily? Who, who? Lily, yes, Lily. We gotta thank Lily as well. Another designer. Um, Damn, yo, yeah, Yeon, yeah, shout out to Yeon for making you know. the website. Yes, Yeon, uh, shout out to her. I hope she's running, running a lot in the Hoka sneaker that I got her. So good for her. Yeah. So shout out to her, uh, Tristan, for coming through to shut, shoot some of the uh, to shot to shoot the demo, uh, the the promo reel. Uh, yeah, man, so many people that actually helped us on the in the process. Um, so yeah, much love to them. Oh, shout out to Canal Street Market. Uh, shout out to uh, uh, Ryan. Um, oh yeah, for, for uh, letting us utilize that space every every week, uh, or every other week, I forget. Uh, but yeah, man, I mean, there's so many people that we gotta thank. I mean, you know, even like uh, all the past guests that uh, you know gave us their time to speak with us and share their stories with us. So all of them, um, appreciate everybody. And last but not least, like you said, uh, Michael and JoJo. Uh, the listeners, man, you know. Um, speaking of Apex of Youth, uh, somebody, uh, this this gentleman named Sean Wang, Sean Wong, he uh, hit me. He's uh, he's an associate board member at uh, Apex, and he was like, "Yo, like I, you know, I listen to Six Ninety Nine. I, you know, I love what you guys are doing." Ah, uh, uh, and you know, even some of my TikTok followers that, um, you know, kind of got put onto Six Ninety Nine during our uh, Twitch experimentation mm-hmm. phase um they, they still hit me asking me yo is 699 coming back um so yeah i mean everybody that tuned in everybody that showed love you know i appreciate all of them so much love but please um continue to follow us individually um as we are all making our own moves so yeah i hope we could continue this narrative and um in the in the near future hopefully uh you know we could we could have another uh you know podcast or video or whatever it may be that could um pretty much do the same mission um that uh 699 was pushing forth definitely yeah yeah all right y'all that <laughs> thanks for thanks for that yeah i re- really appreciate the time and shout out to the listeners again um i guess it would only be right for jakey to take us out or because he, he was doing most of it of course yeah of course as you know this is another and the final episode of 699 per pound podcast 
which you can listen to on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, all types of platforms. You know what I mean? This is not going to be on Twitch, but our videos are, um, you know, eternalized on Twitch. So uh, you get to see me shouting out Otuki, shouting out a bunch of snacks, you know what I mean? Doing all types of activities. So yeah, continuously uh, support JoJo and her endeavor, Michael Stewart and his endeavor. You know what I mean? Shout out to all the past guests once again. Um, listen to the old episodes, do your Kumon and uh, be fearless. You know what I mean? Keep pushing and um, have a strategy and do it the $6.99 per pound way which is staying righteous. Peace. Bong. Bong bong. Hey yo, it's 6.99 per pound. Podcast.